Can you believe you he was named Big Lions, Ten Offensive Player of the Week? Your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Locked On Nittany Lions is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between Penn State and Ohio State right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. I am your host, Zach Seiko. In today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lions, Sean Clifford, Drew Aller, the conversation continues. Also, a little bit of fan mail. And I will tell you how you can continue to submit your questions and comments to me. Connect with me on social media at Zach underscore Seiko, Z-A-C-H underscore S-E-Y-K-O. That is on Twitter. And you can send your feedback to me. Tell me when I mess up. Tell me when I do well and send your questions and I will try to answer them as best as I can. So we did have uh, my first set of fan mail and a question that I want to give some insight to and finish with Penn State news, the latest for the Nittany Lions. Still, the Michigan-Penn State tunnel conversation is going on. I wouldn't be surprised if James Franklin addresses it in his weekly press conference today since Jim Harbaugh addressed it in his yesterday. And the biggest play on Saturday, was it even a Penn State player that made it? A fun bit of news that we should shed some light on. Everybody saw it happen uh, during the game. So who was that guy that was named Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week? Well, you guessed it, Sean Clifford. Everybody's favorite household name at quarterback. Sean Clifford was the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week, 23 of 31, which was good for a 74 completion percentage, 295 passing yards, four TDs, all after the interception, right? He threw the interception early in the game that allowed Minnesota to get on the board first with the field goal. So after that, you take the interception away, the four touchdowns, the near 300-yard mark, and just being spot on with the football, limiting the turnovers. That has been the case for the season. A 61.5 completion percentage, 1,445 passing yards, 13 pass touchdowns, and three interceptions. He also has 32 carries for 141 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. So Sean Clifford's accounted for 17 total touchdowns thus far, but the biggest thing is the three interceptions and no fumbles, actually. He hasn't even put the football on the ground once. So the football has been in harm's way, little to none. Did have the pick six against Purdue, but he led the game-winning comeback drive. And then he had the one interception against Northwestern, which can you can you fault him for that? That was a brutal game when it came to the weather. And then, yeah, the, the Minnesota one was definitely his fault. Overshot his intended target. I think that was Parker Washington he was looking for deep on the post and just overthrew it. You would like a little bit of better deep ball accuracy from Sean Clifford if you're going to criticize him there. But enduring the boos at the beginning of the game and after the interception, I mean, he responded accordingly. And I just still hate that. (laughs) You booed the offensive player of the week, right? To turn around and have a performance like that through all of the unnecessary criticism that he's had to put up with. Does Sean Clifford deserve to be criticized? I mean, depending on who you ask. But I think any player is open to criticism But it's not constructive at this point, and you can't just play the freshman just to play the freshman. Drew Aller is clearly not outperforming Sean Clifford at something, right? 
James Franklin, Mike Yurcich, and the rest of them see these guys every single day in practice. They see them in the film room. I would expect the six-year quarterback just to see the field better and understand the game better as opposed to a true freshman. Am I for getting Drew Aller in the game? Yeah, but at what expense? I think Penn State is capable of a 10-2 season, and that was my season prediction. I changed it because I was really feeling good about them going into Michigan. They were out-schemed, they were out-coached, and the rest is history, right? But if you asked me before the season what I thought their record would be, 10-2 with losses to Ohio State and Michigan. All the other games on the schedule are extremely winnable, and Penn State is just flat out the better team. When I made those predictions, when I looked at the schedule, it's just, okay, who is the better team in this case? Michigan's the better team and Ohio State's the better team this season. But Penn State is better than everybody else they're going to face, and they should win those games. You don't want to see a loss to a team that is not expected. And that's when you can criticize, really be critical of the coaching staff, really be critical of Sean Clifford, whoever fails to come up big in those kinds of games. Sean Clifford also became the career completions leader at Penn State with 722. I know how long he's been here. That's part of the reason why he set the record. But he passed Trace McSorley, who had it at 720 from 2015 to 2018 in the Nittany Lions 45-17 win over Minnesota. And on a four-yard pass in the first quarter, Sean Clifford also became the second Nittany Lion to record over 9,000 career passing yards. You guessed it, the other one is Trace McSorley. Clifford still needs about 600 more passing yards before he makes it past Trace McSorley on the all-time passing yards list in Penn State history. And... Already got into it, but the Clifford versus Aller debate is not going anywhere. And I must admit, it's a fun debate. It's going on down at Clemson right now. Cade Klubnick is a five-star quarterback, true freshman, one of the top in this class with Drew Aller. And DJ Uyunglele was benched because he had a bad game against Syracuse. Klubnick came in, took over, and they won the game because he was able to provide a spark. Penn State hasn't been in that situation, nor do I expect them to be where they're going to say, you know what, we, we got to turn to the true freshman here. And it, it's not that... Now, compare DJ Uyunglele to Sean Clifford. Uyunglele had three interceptions against Syracuse. Sean Clifford, it wasn't his fault that they lost to Michigan. Did he have the best game? Absolutely not. But the game script went away. And the defense allowed 418 rushing yards. I pin a lot of that responsibility on Manny Diaz and the Penn State defense for the game against Michigan. That That's just the fact of the matter. Also, a little bit of the wide receiver. Yeah, this is a team sport. Sean Clifford can't throw for 400, 500 yards unless there's other components of the game happening. Offensive line needs to block. The running game needs to be respected. The wide receivers need to win their one-on-one matchups. That exactly wasn't happening in Penn State versus Michigan. It's a fun debate, but other than Drew Aller getting true in-game experience, he doesn't make this team better right now, at least where Sean Clifford takes them. Drew Aller makes freshman mistakes, and that's okay. Look at some of the tape if you can, and just watch him make just youngster mistakes, and he'll correct that now as a sophomore if he's making the same mistakes. That's why you want to get him in the game now, because you understand that he will be the starter next year. So I think that James Franklin and Penn State have actually treated Drew Aller very favorably, 
and done his quarterback development the right way so far by wherever they can get him in. Now, why does Sean Clifford make this offense better? Well, because of his smarts, because of his leadership, because of his toughness. The team looks up to him. And yeah, you can disagree with James Franklin's comments about Sean Clifford has earned the right to be on the football field. On any given day, your, your job is up for grabs. And I think that Sean Clifford has actually fended off Drew Aller. DJ Uyunglelea Clemson didn't do that. Look back in the past when Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence were in the same room, if you remember that, still Clemson. Uh, but the five-star quarterback won that battle because he was actually better. I just think right now, a 24-year-old Sean Clifford is in fact better than an 18-year-old Drew Aller. And a lot of that has to do with smarts on the football field, decision-making, understanding the nature of the game. That comes in time. Trace McSorley, why was he always able to beat out Tommy Stevens? Because he understood the game better. He had better field vision. Tommy Stevens was a heck of an athlete. He could rock at a football, but Trace McSorley beat him when it came to the X's and O's, and that's why he was on the football field. Backup quarterback's always the most popular guy in town. I get it. And it's, it's fun to have a five-star quarterback. I also think, fortunately for this Penn State team, Drew has not been in a situation where those freshman mistakes can really allow an opponent to capitalize. He made them most notably against Ohio because he saw a larger amount of snaps in that game. And Ohio, that defense isn't going to capitalize on those freshman mistakes. A Michigan, an Ohio State, a Minnesota even would. Who knows? Maybe this conversation goes away if Sean Clifford's able to lead a win over Ohio State. But even still, does it go away? Because I think there's just a portion of the fan base that will find a way to criticize Sean Clifford for a shortcoming in one game. It's a team effort. If Sean Clifford's the game manager this year, so be it. I'm content with a 10-2 record. I obviously want to see them go 11-1, make a push for the Big Ten East. There's a little bit of deja vu in here. We talked about it 2016 to 2022. Big loss at Michigan, a get-right win against Minnesota, number two Ohio State in the building. Weird how the scheduling is so convenient when that team in 2016 made that push. Can it be done again in 2022? Well, that's what this Saturday's for at Beaver Stadium with the noon kickoff. Also from the game against Minnesota, it was confirmed that there were at least 150 prospects at the whiteout game. Great for recruiting, not that it needs to be said, and some recruits have shared publicly that they are really excited about Penn State after seeing a whiteout game. And if you ask any current or former Penn State players, the common theme is, hey, what what made you decide you wanted to come to Penn State? People will say a variety of different things. They like the campus. They, they like this. Academics were good. The facilities were nice. The environment, the, the coaching staff, whatever have you. But the one consistent, somebody might give you, say, the environment, the coaching staff, the family feel as those three different answers. But the one consistent is the whiteout game. And that's why you host it once a year to have that impact. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. When we return, I got a question over Twitter that I think is appropriate to answer. It's about Mike Yursich, the offense, Sean Clifford, and Drew Aller. Stick around for that question and answer next. 
As everyone knows, athletes rise and fall in the ranks. But when it comes to saving money, Simply Safe always stays on top. And right now, you can save big with Simply Safe Home Security. They're giving listeners 40% off their advanced security system. Simply Safe was just named the best home security of 2022 by U.S. News. Because at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. With 24-7 professional monitoring, when a threat is detected, Simply Safe's monitoring professionals promptly contact you and dispatch first responders to your home, even if you're away or unable to respond. 24-7 professional monitoring costs under $1 a day. That's less than half the cost of ADT's traditional professional installed plans. Don't miss this chance to save big when you protect your home with the best. Get 40% off your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college today. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Go today. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Zach Seiko, fan mail. I enjoy it again. Please connect with me on Twitter at Zach underscore Seiko. You can send me your questions, your comments. Tell me if I'm doing a bad job, if I'm doing a good job. Uh, I'm open to the feedback so I can give you the best daily podcast possible. I got my first question, and this comes from Matt on Twitter. Can you talk on Locked On Penn State about how you feel the offense needs to change to accommodate Drew Aller? This short passing, RPOs, and heavy run emphasis will not work for the boy wonder. Thanks, man. Love the work. Well, I appreciate the feedback. Thank you. So where to begin with all of this? Uh, the offense is actually already tailored to Drew Aller, believe it or not. Uh, this is the offense you will see next year, but there will be a few more wrinkles in it to fit Drew Aller because he is a different quarterback than Sean Clifford. I, let's backtrack a little bit before that because Mike Yurcich is new. These quarterbacks are new. They are supposed to fit a system. Penn State, like all the other colleges, recruit players based on what fits their system best. Teams that like to run heavy option, spread, they want a dual threat quarterback, they're going to go get the speedster. In Penn State's case, let's take an example, right? You're not going to see a pure power running back or a fullback in this offense. It is a zone style run system. Power backs aren't necessarily the ideal fit for Penn State's spread look. Drew Aller and Bo Prabula fit the type of quarterback that Mike Yursich wants. And this goes back to a point that I've made about the offensive and defensive coordinators at Penn State. It is very fair to say that James Franklin, while he is the head coach, he lets his offensive and defensive coordinators head coach the defense and offense respectively, if that makes sense. James Franklin is a CEO, in a sense, of Penn State football, and sometimes that's what you need to be. I think that a big part of the reason that Penn State has been successful over these nine years, it was a slow start. We know the sanctions, the limited scholarships. Uh, Bill O'Brien's leftover players didn't fit James Franklin's system. I get that. But why you've seen them get better is because James Franklin knows how to surround himself 
with people that complement this style of coaching and the way that he runs his program. So Mike Yursich is the head coach of the offense. Manny Diaz is the head coach of the defense with the titles coordinator and coordinator. Back in the day, Trace McSorley and Sean Clifford were recruited by Joe Moorhead because that's the kind of QB he wanted. Dual threat, up-tempo spread, quarterback with field sense, and that dual threat ability. Right now, Sean Clifford is kind of caught in between these two systems because at the part of it, he is a spread quarterback. He is capable in a pro-style offense. I mean, you've seen it. He's running it with Mike Yursich as his coach. And in the NFL, if he wants to go in that direction, which he does, his dream is to play in the NFL. He wants to get picked up by a team. He is going to have to be a full-on pro-style quarterback. So these past two years with Mike Yersich are going to be a big benefit for him to try to be a guy in the quarterback room. Do I see him as a day-one starter? Of course not. But somebody that maybe could work his way up the depth chart and have a solid career? Who's to say that's not out of the question? So Sean Clifford's kind of caught in this spread quarterback at heart, understands the pro-style offense, even if it doesn't bring out his biggest strengths. Drew, on the other hand, is more of that pro-style quarterback. Big-bodied, arm strength. He's not going to run nine times out of ten, even though he can be physical, but he's not the most mobile quarterback. That's just Mike Yursich's offensive right now. He's adapting to the players that he currently has, and he's building around those guys. But next year, it will be tailored for the guys that you have on the field when you're going to have a featured system of Drew Aller and Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen. The offense will look similar, but you will see fewer RPO concepts. They won't be as frequent since Drew was not a mobile quarterback. To comment on the too much short passing, not necessarily the case. Definitely last year because the it's a team sport. I want to remind our listeners again, it is a team sport. If there is a limited ground game, your receivers aren't able to break off their routes, offensive linemen aren't able to hold their blocks long long enough, you are not going to have medium and deep passing concepts. You're going to have to go short. You're going to have to go quick because the defense is able to sell out for a portion of that game plan. And that's what happened last year. In 2021, defenses sold out for the pass because they had had absolutely no respect for the ground game. Singleton and Allen alone make this offense more diverse. And so I would argue that we've seen a fair mix amount of short, medium, and deep passes. James Franklin and Mike Yursich have stated that they want a balanced offense. If you listen to them, they'll tell you. They want a balanced offense. They want to use play action and set up those big plays over the top. And heavy run isn't a bad thing. If you're running the football, nine times out of ten, it means you're winning. You're running the football to drain the clock and because you are the physically imposing team and you want to hold on to the football to preserve the lead. You don't want to put the football in the air as much when you are winning. So if Drew Aller doesn't throw 50, 60 times a game a year from now, I have no issue with that. Heavy run is a good thing, especially when you have the dynamic duo of Singleton and Allen. But I hope that answers your question, Matt. Feel free to send me more, and I encourage everybody else to do the same again on Twitter at Zach underscore Seiko, Z-A-C-H-S-E-Y-K-O. Coming up next on this episode of Locked On Nittany Lions, Jim Harbaugh. 
makes his move in this debate over who started it in the tunnel from halftime. I can't believe this is still going on. Jim Harbaugh, we're going to get his quote, plus the biggest play on Saturday. Did a Penn State player even make it? It's all next. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs, then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. An update on the James Franklin-Jim Harbaugh dispute. The last update that we had was Penn State players threw their Uncrustables, their peanut butter jelly sandwiches, at Michigan players. That's at least what the Michigan team said. But here is Jim Harbaugh's latest thought on the situation. Take a listen. I really got bigger fish to fry than uh, Coach Franklin's opinion on uh, the uh, the halftime tunnel from from a game ago. But uh, I mean, all they got to do is walk into the into their locker room. And, I think you saw, saw pretty clearly that they completely stopped. They weren't letting us get up the tunnel, and uh, it just seemed like such a such a such a sophomore ploy to try to keep us out of our locker room. And uh, and he he looked like he was the ringleader of the whole thing. So, uh, but now I got bigger fish to fry than worry about that kind of whining. For me, this is tough to comment on because Michigan did win the game handedly, 41-17. to So it's kind of just take the higher ground at this point. James Franklin's going to say it was Michigan's fault. Jim Harbaugh's going to say it's Penn State's fault. You will never truly know. I don't condone peanut butter, jelly sandwich, chucking, or whatever. Personally, I would like something else as a halftime meal so I can understand why they were thrown. No, all teasing aside... I, I am surprised that this has carried on as long as it has. Another game has gone by. Another week is in the books. It's good for the rivalry, right? You see Penn State and Michigan, they can't contain themselves. They're jawing at each other at half. Uh, two competitive teams jostle within reason. It's just a good thing that nothing led to a fight or you heard a quote out of place. I mean, you did hear James Franklin swear, but... I don't think I'm going to lose sleep over Franklin dropping an F-bomb. I can only imagine all the other things that are said from Penn State to Michigan to all across of college football in, in general, right? 
him asking who this effing guy is from Michigan is not the worst thing that could have been said. And thank goodness there wasn't something said that was worse. I assume that James Franklin will be asked about it now that Jim Harbaugh has commented or at least given his thoughts on the situation further. The biggest play on Saturday, no, it was not made by Curtis Jacobs or Sean Clifford or Parker Washington, Nicholas Singleton, who all had a good day. But a photographer, a member of the media, tackled the trespasser on the football field during the game. That came in the fourth quarter. I don't believe the photographer has been identified or been offered a scholarship by the football team. I saw it happen in the moment from the press box. Uh, The trespasser gave a little bit of a fight. He almost broke that tackle, a little slippery, but good fundamentals by the photographer to bring him down and, and use his teammates, the security to make sure that that fan, whatever you want to call him, if he's necessarily a fan, uh, make his way down the football field, interrupt the game, and put anybody else uh, in danger. I would also anticipate that this fan who was on the field will try to press charges and maybe seek damages against the media members since the photographer's technically not authorized to do that. Vigilante justice here. It's cool. I bet his friends and family members love him for it. The internet will remember him forever. But something like that might be a part of this. At the end of the day, don't run onto the football field. You already paid enough money to get into the game to enjoy it. I'm glad that your dare worked out. I hope that your friends and family members appreciate you. Last in this episode of Penn State and Ohio State, the spread has moved in the favor of the Buckeyes. Are you even surprised? Penn State is now a 15 and a half point underdog. It opened at 13 and a half. Could we see it go to 17? Potentially. But I will leave that up to the betting market. Today, the James Franklin Weekly press conference will happen. So I will react to that tomorrow, give you some position grades, review the team from Penn State versus Minnesota, and give you more on Ohio State. Buckeyes and the Nittany Lions this Saturday noon. It's the the game that's going to decide the season for Penn State. Are they still able to somehow make a push? For the Big Ten, for a possible college football playoff, there's a 4% chance, according to the math, the statistics, this is where they have to do it. Follow me on Twitter at Zach underscore Seiko. That's Z-A-C-H-S-E-Y-K-O. Send me your questions and your comments. Review the show if you can so that I can always be better for you. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.